Marketplace is supported by Putnam Investments, celebrating over 70 years of service to financial advisors, their clients, and institutions worldwide. Putnam Investments, a world of investing. Produced in association with the University of Southern California. Today, the president offered his vision for the federal budget. He said the government has lost its way over the last several years, failing to pay for the programs it put in place. But when it comes to cutting spending, he said, better to use a scalpel than a machete. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Marketplace is supported by Manta.com, providing an online destination for small businesses to be found and to find new customers. More online at Manta.com. And by Ally Bank, offering its Raise Your Rate CD as well as online savings account and money market account. Learn more at AllyBank.com. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Tess Vigland in for Kai Rizdal. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. It is the 13th day of April. Read his lips. No renewal of Bush-era tax cuts. That was the word today from the White House as President Obama laid out his proposal for reining in government deficits. The president called for cuts in domestic and defense spending, as well as more savings in health care programs like Medicare. More on that in a minute. But he also said tax increases should be on the table. Even before the president spoke, Republican leaders called talk of tax hikes a non-starter. Are they really? Marketplace's John Dimsdale has the latest from Washington. The president called for cutting $4 trillion over a dozen years. The plan includes one element not in Republican Paul Ryan's budget proposal, more revenue. The president would limit income tax deductions and let the Bush tax cuts expire for those earning more than $250,000 a year. Speaking to students at George Washington University, Obama said he and Warren Buffett don't need another tax cut. Not if we have to pay for it by making seniors pay more for Medicare or by cutting kids from Head Start, or by taking away college scholarships that I wouldn't be here without and that some of you would not be here without. The president said more sacrifices from the wealthy will ensure a better standard of living for everyone. Economist Diane Swank at Mesereau Financial says it's legitimate for tax hikes to be part of the national conversation because without them, we can't bring down deficits. Anyone who's ever balanced their own household budget knows you got to hit it from both sides. Swank says Congress has cut programs and raised taxes at the same time before under President Ronald Reagan. Tax reforms then eliminated special interest deductions and closed loopholes. Yet the last 25 years has been lobbyists putting all those deductions back in again. She says simplifying the tax code and eliminating loopholes will encourage job creation and productivity, and that will help afford retirement and health care benefits in the future. In Washington, I'm John Dimsdale for Marketplace. In addition to taxes and spending, the president had something to say about Medicare. We will slow the growth of Medicare costs by strengthening an independent commission of doctors, nurses, medical experts, and consumers who will look at all the evidence and recommend the best ways to reduce unnecessary spending while protecting access to the services that seniors need. It's that last part about reducing unnecessary spending that always hangs up the discussion. As we know, one person's unnecessary could be another person's death panel. As Gregory Warner reports from our health desk at WHYY in Philadelphia, it's hard to talk about saving money on Medicare without talking about the way we die. And no one wants to have that conversation. 
about one-third of the money that Medicare spends on a person's care is spent in the last year of life. So here's one of the most popular proposals to cut those costs. Instead of paying separately for every doctor's visit and every test the person might get, Medicare will pay a lump sum to one agency that coordinates care with the patient. I believe it's very cost-effective because we're not ordering tests that the individual may not need or want. Sean Bloom is CEO of the National PACE Association. It's a group of 75 not-for-profit care facilities in 29 states. We were able to focus on the individual's preferences regarding end-of-life care, which makes the allocation of our resources much more efficient. How much more efficient? I, 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 I can't answer that. I, that's, that's a highly um, hypothetical kind of question. It, it, it's also kind of highly controversial, isn't it? Yeah, it's very highly controversial, correct. Joel Hay is a health economist at the University of Southern California. You're not going to be popular in the market.